0: Philo community, happy Christmas planning month. Christmas set building month, maybe, or I suppose if you're really ambitious, like maybe Chris Thomas over at Cherry Hills, you're doing Easter brainstorming month. Okay, it's only October, people relax. But it is time for our podcast, the Philo Podcast. If you're new, our goal is to help technical artists in the local church to become more effective so that our churches can become more effective. Basically an extension of the Philo Conference all year round. If you listen to our podcast in order, which would make sense, I suppose, in a linear fashion, uh, you know that my wife and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary this year by taking a trip to Italy. Neither one of us had ever been. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And there are tons of things that we loved, really, too many things to highlight. But I thought for the sake of our audience here that I would attempt a couple examples. So for me, as someone who went to college for an engineering degree, I loved seeing the aqueducts. I know that's weird, but like lots of engineering put into getting water from the mountains into downtown Rome. Uh, Amazing. I mean, clean water is something that we take for granted in North America. You know, you turn your faucet on, it comes out, it's clean, you drink it, no worries but it's amazing to see the amount of resources that went into bringing water to the population of ancient rome i mean these gigantic six story things was structures for carrying water clean water amazing and they're still standing for crying out loud 2000 years later whatever ridiculous um, the other thing is we went into a ton of churches while we were there. I mean, that's kind of a thing, lots of big cathedrals and I was blown away by the beauty everywhere I turned. I mean, everywhere you looked, it was something amazing, either staggering architecture or masterworks of painting or sculptures just depicting scenes of the Bible. I mean, everywhere. And unfortunately, most of the churches were just filled with tourists looking at all the cool stuff. And it was sad to see such amazing facilities sitting empty except for the tourists. And it was also amazing to me how much effort went into making such beautiful spaces. Most of our churches that we build today are rectangles with no windows. And so that's kind of what I'm used to. So you walk into some of these places and your mind is just completely blown away by the beauty of it all and the amount of care that went into planning for that beauty. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Lots of other things. If you really care, I'll tell you more about them. Maybe start another podcast about my Italy vacation. All right, enough about my vacation, except to say I was reminded how good it was for my soul to be away from normal things and to invest in relationships that matter, my wife, my sister-in-law and her husband, and to make memories. And whether you go to Italy or not, you've got to make time for these in your own life. I mean, just so important. And I think it's easy for us to get caught up in The work and the things that need to get done, and I think it's easy to miss. So I would just encourage you plan, make a plan, follow the plan, take some time with you, your family, your wife, your husband, whatever, and yeah, invest in relationships and memories. Okay, now really enough about my vacation. On our podcast today, I got to sit down with Dave Hunter. If you've been to the Philo Conference, you know Dave is one of the MCs. And if you haven't been to the Philo Conference, you'll definitely want to listen to all the things Dave Hunter has to say. We had a really great time on our conversation. We've been able to travel together for Philo Projects over the years, and any chance I have to spend with Dave is usually time well spent. I mean, he's a great person with some great ideas. And on the podcast today, we get to talk about storytelling and basically making stuff and his process. So why don't we just jump right in? So I'm here with Dave Hunter. What's up? Hey, uh, Dave is joining us today on the Philo Podcast, and we're going to talk about some interesting things. But maybe before we jump into the interesting things, you could tell us about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. Which I'm sort of implying that that's not interesting.
1: Oh, thanks. Say no, no, we'll no. the
0: interesting things. Thanks for, later. for implying
1: it and then actually <laughs> and saying making sure it. Sure, you do. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that you I was were implying, implying it. it. <laughs> well i uh I used to make my living like doing theater, like directing and producing and performing for about ten years, and okay. I was like killing myself you know nights and weekends and stuff just to sort of pull together an income for my family um and I was sort of doing videos on the side, like I would do like wedding videos or uh, film the shows or make promo videos sure, for right. my improv group and then uh I just started getting some companies like requesting some video work, and I was like. Maybe I could do that, but I don't usually do that sort of thing. So I started doing some videos for some companies and basically it kind of blew up. They started referring me out and then I couldn't do all the video work that was coming in and also the theater. So I said that video work pays better. So let's go sure. <laughs> let's yeah, go yeah. make a switch. So as such, I wound up coming to the video world, not as a, like a video guy, you know what right. I mean? I came to the video world from a theater storytelling, sure. uh, visual background and right. so it wound up being very valuable because people were getting much more than just somebody to film something. They were getting somebody who had ideas and right. you know creativity and that kind of thing.
0: And used to maybe directing people and you know totally kind of- and working with all kinds of weird personalities,
1: which you know like all the weird personalities <laughs> in theater. They're all in the corporate world too. They just have different jobs. They have suits, yeah, they're exactly. Suits. Exactly. Yeah. So because uh, I, I, when I was directing and producing, I was getting used to being with weird people. And so then when I went into the corporate world and all those weird people were still
0: there. I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, I can there's deal with no these. Problem. They don't have colored hair and weird piercings. They just, right, right. they're disguised. Or they hide it, you know, yeah, like right. it's under their shirt. Yeah, they pull the sleeve up and there's some weird tattoos there. Exactly. Uh, actually, uh, hearing your story a little bit about the being in theater, one of the things I've been doing on this podcast it, when I'm talking to someone is sometimes it'll come up, where did we first meet? Oh, man. And so I was thinking about of uh, your when you mentioned theater that uh, the first time we met was probably 2000 and seven? Yeah. Something like that. Could it be that? It was at a kids conference. Yeah. And Dave at Willow. Yeah. Dave was producing some element of the conference. And so I was the production manager. Right. And we, I just remember, I can still remember the conversation because they're like, Hey, we got this guy is producing this, this element. Yeah. It was the opening element, the uh, opening element of the conference. Like, yeah, let's get together and talk. And I just remember you had all these crazy, huge ideas <laughs> that I was thinking to myself, this, I don't know how it, this he's going to pull this off, but it doesn't... <laughs> That crazy doesn't affect me in any way. But I thought, I'm like, this is Willow. They could do anything. <laughs> right. So I, I'm going to show them
1: what right. we can do. Yeah. And, so and like, I was like yeah, grand at the time. Yeah. I was like super young. Great idea, Dave. Knock yourself <laughs> out. I do remember sitting in meetings and
0: people look at me like, really? You want to do that? It just sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I think it turned out. Fairly decent. I mean, it was yeah. maybe a little bit hairier than we yeah. thought, and yeah. crazy rehearsal, but totally for the most part. Yeah, yeah it was like it, a big black light drum
1: kind of routine, oh, right? With the uh, black light, yeah, where there was kids in the car. Mm-hmm, they were putting together big pieces, and yeah. and you didn't know what they were putting together until they finished, and then you could see it in black light. Yeah, and then you get the audience up to like clap and stuff with it, but <laughs> yeah, it was uh, anyway. Two thousand six. That's so funny. <laughs> Well, then we didn't talk to each other at all. Like, until Philo. Because we didn't, yeah, until Philo. So almost 10 years, 2016. Right. 10 and then years. it's like, wait a minute, I know you somehow. So yeah. it's not like we got like super close
0: from the conference. Yeah, know. You know what I mean? It's just how we, we did, randomly met. I hope I met. never see those, that guy again. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> I never want to work with him again. <laughs> oh, man. He just let me totally drown myself. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: <laughs> anyway. Can we, let's, can we get yeah, to the subject, we, please? Yeah, so we're wasting time, valuable time. Let's get to the interesting things. <laughs> okay, let's do it. So, <laughs> the interesting thing we're going to talk about today is this idea of storytelling. So, you talked about it a little bit, your background was in theater. Now, you're doing these uh, corporate videos and you're having to figure out what is the story. You're not just shooting a video, but you're trying to figure out what story are we trying to tell? Uh, because in a corporate setting, information is what they wanna get out to their people. Right. Well, put me to sleep immediately. Yeah, uh, And a lot of times in churches, you know, somebody will have an idea, oh, let's get this person's story. I think an example I was using earlier, hey, this family, they just got baptized. We should tell their story to share with our congregation, which I think uh, maybe a, a side note, One of the things about the local church that's so important is that connection to other families and the body of Christ locally here and what is God doing here. And so, video is a great way to share that with everyone. Totally. Especially, it it makes it
1: so much more intimate.
0: You know, like you get to meet the people
1: and hear about them, and and as opposed to being on stage, a lot of people are not comfortable being on stage. Right.
0: Yes and i think too in most of our churches you have multiple hundreds of people that are attending maybe multiple services and so you there's no way to hear those stories mm-hmm. unless yeah you're putting them on stage but now they're deer in headlights right. and they're rambling sure yeah. and they're or you put them on a script like on a black card and then they you you hear you know 10 seconds of their
1: story right and they say it they say it really fakely right you yes know?
0: fakely is that a word yeah
1: it is now <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's uh that's my new cereal breakfast cereal yeah, that's Flakely. so
1: fakely everybody <laughs> fakely oh that's yeah. totally fakely anyway
0: i think there would be maybe some raisins in the in that cereal <laughs> anyway <laughs> i'll we'll develop that what later does that yeah what mean what uh, okay, so it doesn't matter what it means. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Moving on to the interesting thing. So uh, as you're, and I know that you do some video work for the church that you attend. Yeah, and, to kind yeah, and there's a couple of stories. churches I have as yeah. clients
1: in Naperville and Oak Brook. And yeah, S- so Mary's.
0: I would be curious just maybe to start, when you get a project that is going to be telling someone's story, which is probably most of them, telling mm-hmm. a story, what is your I mean, where's your starting point? What do, you, what do you go expecting? Do you have a process?
1: Yeah, so I mean, in any story we do, I do specifically for churches, I, I'm always starting with like kind of what's the beginning, middle, and end? Okay. Because like every story's got a beginning, middle, and end. So the beginning could be meeting the people, like here's who these people are. And then the middle is here's kind of their journey. And then the ending is... Here's what it means to you or here's what they learned or here's how they were changed or something like that. So just generally speaking, I want to make sure we got three parts to the story before I go and shoot it. Even if I don't know their story completely, I just need to know how are we going to start it? What's the middle, the bulk of it? And then how are we going to end it? Sure. So that I
0: at least have a good roadmap. Do you tend to have like a phone conversation or meet? Do you meet them beforehand? Are you, you know, trying in the, to-
1: In the churches that I'm serving, it's usually like the there's people that work in the church that know what stories they want to do. So they kind right. of find the people and they sort of know their story. Sure. And they're bringing me in to just help shoot it and tell the story and edit sure, it and right. shoot footage, B-roll footage and everything. Uh-huh. And so I'm not usually reaching out directly to the people whose stories I'm telling. Although I do do that for some other companies, like I, like right. Bethany Christian Services. They're an adoption agency. I've done okay. many s- stories for them. And they usually, but even in that situation, they kind of know who the story is. And they say, we want to do a story on these people. Here's basically what their story is. Right. And then I come in. But part of what's hard to navigate sometimes on stories is like, there's just so much to the story. Right. It's like, what do you keep and what do you sure. cut? You know what I mean? And that's really part of the skill of it, I think, right. is kind of knowing what to get rid of. What, what's all the stuff we got to get right. rid of?
0: Because it just doesn't apply to what the specific thing we're saying is. Right, right. Or the specific story. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. It was a movie several years ago. It was a best-selling book called Unbroken. And it was a yeah, story yeah. of a POW during World War II. And they made a movie like, out of that. Yeah, made a movie. Crazy story. Unbroken, one of the best books I've read in a very long time. Interestingly enough, the guy who's the main character of that, he wrote a book previous uh, to Unbroken. Okay. And it is one of the worst books I've read. No way. Same exact story. Really? I mean, it's it's his Same story. story. It's his story. And but what's the difference? He, he told he told his own story versus somebody looking in on the story and saying, "Take this out, take that out. This is the main point. So now let's build everything around this as the main idea yeah Yeah, just a total and a great example of the same story told two different ways totally um one with somebody that's looking in maybe from the outside to say okay this is so the guy that looked in from the outside that was the worst that was the unbroken no no that was that was unbroken so he told
1: his own story and it was the one that was crappy yeah and then somebody came in and said here's how we should tell this and it was awesome yeah interesting
0: yeah that's so interesting so that idea of like getting rid of the stuff that doesn't matter right because as a, as if I'm telling you my story, I'm going to include all kinds of stuff that, yeah, that you, you don't, don't care yeah, about. because you
1: don't know if it's applicable or not. You're just trying yeah, to tell your story. It's all
0: important to me.
1: Right. Yeah, and part of, you know, so part of how I do that is I sort of, there's like a sort of a story journey that's like this thing called the hero's journey, which is a way mm-hmm. to tell stories, which is like you, you meet a character and the character sort of on a journey. Like they're doing something they're, or they're going on a journey and then something happens. Right. Right. And so that's what something happens. It's always the first thing I look for in in the major first element of the story. So I always sort of take my story videos like, here's kind of who they are and what they were doing in life, Uh just generally speaking. And that's like a really short beginning. That's the beginning. Right. Is like, meet these characters and here's kind of who, they're just like you because of this. Right. But then something happens, like the hammer drops or, you know, they lose a loved one or uh, they get pregnant or uh, whatever, right? Just something happens. So that something that happens I'm always looking for what that is. Right, okay. And then that something happens, changes what their life was doing or what their story is. Right. And so because of that thing, now we they started doing all this and that's their journey and that's the middle right. of the video. That's the middle of the stories. Because of that, then we did this, we we talked to these people, blah, blah, blah. And then the ending is like, here's what we learned or here's what eventually wound up happening or our lives changed because of this and now we have this outlook on life or now we see this differently or now right. we've, we're bringing other people to church because of this or whatever, right? Right. But it's always like their life is normal, something happens, and then they go on a little journey and then now here's the ending. So anything that doesn't kind of fit within that is sort of cuttable. Sure. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though they're like peripheral details, if, they're, if they don't really, it's like a thesis statement where it's like, it's got to support the thesis, all your
0: paragraphs. Right. So... We just cut what doesn't fit in there. Sure, yeah. Now, most of these people, like we were saying, if you put them on stage, they're gonna be awkward and deer in headlights and sweating a lot and dry mouth and right. rambling. Right. You, I mean, my worst nightmare. <laughs> I'm imagining myself t- telling my story. <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable. Um, but uh, even if, so you take them out of that and you put them in a setting where now there are are lights in their face and microphones and people with things and Mm -hmm. pointing cameras and- Totally, multiple cameras maybe. Yeah, so how do you, I can imagine the exact same feeling that, okay, It is the, it is the same thing. Now feeling. there's a camera running and I got to say exactly the right thing. Yeah. And-
1: so that's where the skill of the interviewer takes is really important. Sure. Like whoever they are talking to, mm-hmm. it's like that is a whole separate skill is interviewing somebody. Right. And how to interview them well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you need somebody that's got some sort of a warm or engaging personality. Right. That really knows how to talk to people like a normal person and right. not just force stories out of them. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, because really what it, what you want them doing is actually sharing their story like as if they're in a small group right, or as, right. if, as if they're over coffee, you're getting to know them. Sure, That's yeah. where the, the kind of feeling you want from them, especially mm-hmm. if, you, if they're potentially going to get emotional or there's a really sensitive thing you're talking about, they got to be able to be comfortable with the person they're talking to. Right. And if it's a producer or a tech person or somebody who doesn't really know how to sort of relate to people or connect with people, right. then it's going to be hard to get them to not be stiff.
0: Sure. You know? Now, when you're doing this, are you usually that person or do you have somebody else doing that or you're not necessarily running the camera and being that person? Yeah, the or... majority of the time, I am the
1: person interviewing. Okay. But then there are other clients I have where they want to do the interviewing because sure. they know them already. Or sure. They have a personal relationship with them. Right or uh, they just would rather have a staff member doing it because it's sensitive. Right. But most of the time, I'm, I'm the one doing it. Sure. And then but I have then camera guys, somebody else the running the camera, yeah, camera like right? Two or, yeah, yeah, two or three people behind okay. the cameras.
0: So, I mean, I think that's an interesting thing to, I don't know, we need to talk a lot about it, but just if you're out there by yourself doing this video creation, telling stories... But you're the guy behind the camera. Yeah, to find somebody that can join you that's yeah. relatable and Even if it's a volunteer. And, yeah, you whatever. Know, like if
1: it's somebody like, this person's really warm, they, like people just tend to open up to this person. Right. Probably we all know somebody like that who are like, people just for some reason just start talking to that person. Right. It might be worth saying, hey, would you would be willing to help me with a video project? Right. And be my interviewer. And you can give them kind of bullet points and questions to ask and... The basic story on paper, right. you know, and but just let them go,
0: sure, and just see how it works. See how yeah. it goes, you know. I think too, just even thinking about the type of person that uh, is thinking about the camera and the the aperture settings and the mic levels and is maybe not the same person as the one that's empathizing with someone telling their story. Generally speaking, and vice it's, versa. It's
1: two different hats. Right. Now, there's people that can
0: do both, but it's hard to do both well. I think I would maybe even go a step further to say I could do. Uh, well, maybe I couldn't do the technical side so well, but I could think about those things and I can be empathetic, but I maybe can't do them at the same time. Right, like in the same shoot. (laughs) Right, I can't think about... I hope the mic levels are good. Yeah, oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, because totally. Totally, yeah, your mind is dude. split, right? You're, you're right. thinking
1: about the mic levels. You're thinking about the camera. You're making sure it's rolling. Right. You're, and you're trying to fake like you're listening to sure. them. <laughs> right. So right now, I'm <laughs> thinking, are
0: we rolling right now? Right. I don't care what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: So it's super hard to, to have your mind be, but if you can be like 100% just focused on, just interviewing them yeah even if you get a volunteer or somebody to help like they stand behind the camera and they monitor the audio right, right? Yeah, like totally. there's people who are super interested in doing tech and right. you're like hey I'm doing a video shoot and people love doing video shoots like being right. on shoots sure so if you're like, hey, can you come stand behind so I can interview them? Right. In either case, just splitting that into two different roles. So one focuses on one and one focuses on the other right. is already just like a big step up. Sure, right. Also, the the idea of doing probing questions in interviews is uh-huh. helpful. You know, Like if they say something that you, you didn't know about their story sure. or that's interesting, like just delving into that a little bit more is right. sometimes fun because you can always edit it out later. Sure. Right. But sometimes I've found that there's like gold nuggets behind something they said that was totally... Uh, just a random thing and I was right. like that's interesting why, why did you do that how did how, you feel about that you know why did you, why'd you leave that job or whatever right and then it winds up becoming really interesting because we just sort of went into that cave for a second to see what's behind there sure you know? yeah
0: which i think uh, the person who you're asking the questions to they don't think of it as special or unique or
1: no it's, it's just part just, of the story and they don't
0: they don't think it's applicable at all like right. this doesn't have anything to do with my story yeah and i think to the uh, i was talking to somebody earlier about this idea of the curse of knowledge like i know my story and so i I just assume everybody kind of knows it. And so... Right. Or and to you also some degree it's kind of
1: lame. Oh, yeah. It's, it doesn't it's matter. matter. Yeah, it's yeah. not that big a deal. Yeah. And so Everybody's to have somebody story. that's
0: pulling it out of you. Right. Yeah.
1: I also, just a little pro tip here. I usually, my first question in an interview is I purposely do as a throwaway question. Okay. So ask them about something that has nothing to do with their story that we're talking about. Yeah. Just to get them comfortable answering questions. Sure. And also for them to practice answering the question in a statement form. You know, so if, oh, right. I always tell them, like, if uh, if I ask you, uh, what's your favorite cereal? Don't just say Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> say, my favorite cereal is Cocoa Puffs, because they're not going to hear my questions. And so then I ask them a question that's like, nothing to do with a story. So they can right. practice that, so I can see how they do. And then also, so it's like, they just sure. get used to talking. So I don't waste a, a valuable question on them being nervous. Sure, right. So I'll usually start with like, uh, what do you, so here's my first question. What do you do for a living? Which has nothing to do with a story, probably, sure. yeah. you know? Uh, but they're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, and then they just start talking about it. And then I'll ask another question or two about that. Like, what, what were we doing before this? Why, do you sure. like your job?
0: This kind of stuff. So we're just sort of chatting. Sure, yeah. And they get comfortable. I would think too, like even while you're testing mic levels and all that stuff that you're just asking normal questions instead of saying, hey, can you talk for a second so we can right. get levels on your mic?
1: Yeah, totally,
0: totally. Yeah, I, I mean, ju- I will do the check, check thing, but then sure. when
1: I do the uh, sort of the first, it, it does give everybody a chance to test everything and get everything
0: ready on a, on right. a question that doesn't really matter. Sure, yeah. And uh, I'm still thinking about my favorite cereal, which is faky with, oh, with, with raisins. Oh, it's Fakie with raisins. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, if you don't know me that well maybe this is just all in my imagination. I'm like, I love bringing it back around. I I will hang on to fakie with raisins. <laughs> it's going to come back. I can't help oh, it. Oh, you should put it in your, in your talk at I this year. If you have a talk, I don't even know if you do. Uh, anyway, the question I was going to ask is in your, while you're trying to mine for the story and asking questions, just thinking from a practical standpoint of editing and and that sort of thing, are you trying to get it in some sort of order that you just are cutting out chunks and it's basically in that order? Or are you more, I mean, are you thinking about the edit as you're asking the questions the or are only, you? Uh,
1: so the, not usually. Okay. The only thing I think about the edit is making sure that they answer these in statement form. Okay. That's the only thing I care about okay. in the edit because if I, I could cut out any number of things and I just need to know kind of what they're talking about when I come back. Okay. You know, so they, so if, again, if I say, what's your favorite cereal? Or what's your favorite, uh, you know, or like, where'd you go for dinner last night? You know, uh-huh. I can't just have them say, yeah, Chili's. You know what I mean? I have to hear, uh, we went to Chili's last night. Because then I can drop that in at any point sure. in the story and it makes sense. Right. So that's the only thing I'm really thinking about in terms of the edit. Okay. But in terms of talking about the story, I pretty much do chronologically. Okay, I always start sort of from the beginning and maybe even before the beginning. You right. know, Like if we're talking about them having trouble getting pregnant and then deciding sure. to adopt... Usually I'll start that with, how'd you meet? Even though I may or may not use that. Sure. Because it kind of gets them talking about, you know, their relationship and they get warm and fuzzy. He's going back that far. Sure, right. And then we bring it into getting married and then we bring it into trying to have a kid. Right. So I'm pretty much going chronologically. It's easier to tell a story that way. Sure. You know,
0: But I guess too, chronologically, you're getting the before, you're getting the turning point, you're getting the journey, you're getting the outcome. Yeah, Yeah. and, and
1: you know, when I'm doing like, for example, the adoption story, you know, sometimes the turning point or what happens, you know, happens before they were married, you know, like they, they, they went to an adoption, uh, workshop, you know, when they were dating and it it put that in their mind and they'd always had that in the back of their mind, even though 12 years later was when they found out they couldn't get pregnant. Right. The turning point might've been then, or like at least some kind of a turning point, you know? Sure. Right. So sometimes there's stuff back in there, but I'm like, I'm always looking for that thing that happened, you know, that turning point, the, the inciting incident. Sure. I'm always looking for that. It's so important. So I do have a couple of philosophies that I, that I go by in doing telling stories okay. that I pulled in from my theater background. Okay. And one of them is when I was, whenever I was directing shows, I always had the approach that if somebody is deaf in the audience, okay. I want them to be able to understand what's going on okay. visually. Sure. Like they can see the story being told for them. Okay. Which automatically informs certain decisions I would make in terms of how I block a scene or how we would choreograph something. Right. So it wasn't just dance moves. Or just walking around aimlessly, <laughs> it, it had to look like oh he's mad Something. at her or got it. oh they are they're changing this person's life right now or they are you know creating a typewriter or whatever. Uh-huh. So I wanted to visually. I always had that be one of the tests. So now when I come into the video and I'm telling stories to video, I always want to visually kind of show the story. Sure. So that means if I just have interview footage only, I, like and somebody's deaf watching, it, they would have no idea. Right. Unless you put subtitles up. Sure. So I want to, I always have some sort of B-roll footage that I want to show that at least shows some kind of emotion that they have or mm-hmm. is retelling a story that they told of their kid or whatever. So oftentimes when I'm doing an interview video, there's always footage I'm shooting of them additionally, to put right. on top of the footage or asking them for footage they already have sure, or photos they already have right, or whatever.
0: When I was uh, doing video uh, storytelling many, many years ago, I think it was Super VHS. So that just to frame the context of what time of-, of how old you are? Yeah. Well, no, but uh, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a <laughs> byproduct of the story. Um, but I was, B-roll was like a new idea to me. I'm like, oh, I don't even know what this is. Right. And I had to learn- through the trial and error, oh, I need shots like this. I need a shot of this. I need to take five angles of this one thing. Like, do you have a a list in your mind of the things you need? Yeah, I got some basic things. Like, like I mean, it's hard because every story is different, but totally, totally,
1: yeah. I know basically with B-roll, when I'm shooting story footage, uh, like, let's say I'm re- reenacting like them with their kids at home, there's some general filmmaking principles I use. Like, I kind of want a wide shot and a close-up of most of the things that I'm doing, mm-hmm. so that can so the wide so I can cut back and forth between wide and close. Yep. Rather yep. than cutting from close to close, right? Or or medium, like medium and close. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. I also have the establishing shot. That's sure. like a filmmaking principle, like establishing where we're at. Like we're in a house now, so there's sure. a big wide. We're in the house, or there's the external of the house. Like here's the house,
0: and yeah. now we're gonna go inside. You know? It's one of my favorite things about television shows that are in exotic locations. They have a wide shot of downtown London, yeah, and then you're inside a flat, yeah. Well, and you you could be yeah anywhere, yeah, yeah. totally. totally. Yeah, back on the studio, yeah, lot but they're telling you we're in London. Like, oh man, and then you go so cool.
1: now we're in a house in London, right? You know, so same idea, we're in yep. the house now. This is the kitchen. This is their kid, you know. So you right. visually can tell. Oh, okay, that must be their house. That must be their kid. Sure. You know what I mean? So I, that's some basic stuff I do. Sure. So whenever I'm shooting something, I'm, I'm usually, I either have a lens that's like, I can zoom out and zoom in, you know, mm. so if I'm doing it quickly, especially when I'm working with kids and there's not a lot of time. Right. So that's a basic principle. But then also, the way I, I usually do videos actually is unusual. I think there's two different ways. One is... I do the interviews, and then I, in, I edit the interview down to what I want it to be, and okay. then I create a list of shots that I want to put over top of the okay. interview, All right. and then I go back out and shoot go those back shots. back out. Okay. Yeah. That's how I do it. Sure. That's, how, that's the, it's almost like I'm making a script then, right? right? I do the interview, I'm creating a script, Perfect, and then I'm going to put the shots in the script. Okay. But I've talked to like Advocate Creative and, and Ox, who, who do a lot of video productions for different churches in the area. Uh-huh. And they do it differently because like, they do a lot of um, sort of overseas shooting. Sure. So specifically, you have to get it while you're there. Specifically advocate creative. So yeah. they, they can't like fly back and do the interview and then fly back out, you know? <laughs> so they um, what they do is they call and they do a phone interview okay. with the with the person uh, that they're gonna interview and then they sort of transcribe that phone interview and they do the edit of, from the phone interview okay. of what the script's gonna be then they create their shot list like I do okay. from that interview and then when they go out they do the actual interview and they just try to make sure they get that script out of them again sure yeah but they also know what their shots are so they shoot the shots okay fancy. there's no reason you couldn't do that as well with local people if you call you know they're gonna do sure. it you call interview them over the phone get the basic story beats yep. create shot
0: list and then go do the interview and the shots all at the same time right When I was, uh, back to when I was shooting on Super VHS, I remember this whole B-roll conversation. We did an interview with a couple. And after the interview was done, my producer said, okay, now I need a shot of him listening to her. And I need you to nod Mm -hmm. and maybe smile. Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, I'm behind the camera, like, what are we doing? This is, we're totally faking this. (laughs) Oh, we need a shot of her now listening to him. And yeah, like, what? I can't believe this. And now, yeah, I'm like, Yep, that's yeah, how that's how they do. It. Typical, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like you're making a little short film, and and right. it's
1: kind of fun for them too. I always do the B roll when I do do the B roll simultaneously, which I do do sometimes. Uh-huh. I it's really fun for them. I do the interview first, right. so that I can write down those things during the interview. Sure, like write down some shots that that made me think of. Right. Then it's fun for them because now they just get, have to act, and we don't ever use audio from that. So okay, I'm like, all right. Yeah. Now, and then, so I just make them laugh and we have fun with it. And they're like relieved because the interview's over. So right, they, right. they're in a good mood. Yeah. And they're much more interested in doing those shots because it's fun and creative and different, you know? Right. And I always tell them, like, I'm going to make you famous. You're going to be actors now. So we're yeah. going to act like yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but then there's some people who like act too much like themselves. So I'm like, okay, okay, take it easy, take it easy.
0: Yeah, too much information. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Too, it's, like they're nodding their head, like, mm, yes. They're like, okay, yeah. okay, okay. You never not do. Your head like that. Right, right. That's weird.
0: Yeah. Okay. So sorry to get us stuck on B roll, but uh, yeah. What a, another principle when you're telling a story? Yeah.
1: Another principle I have is introducing the characters. How are we introducing the characters? So, like on a stage, like in an improv scene or in a musical, there's a way that you Get to know who the character is. Not their, not about their story, but just what's their name? Who are they? What's their, what's their station in life? Who you know? Right, right. Basically, like introduce them somehow. Yeah. And sometimes you know, with story interviews, we just drop into their story and we skip over meeting who the heck these people are. Sure, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know who this is. Like, why do I care about their story at all? Right. So I want to know just some sort of a setting about them. Like, here's what they do for a living. They've lived here. Some they have kids. They go to this church for this many years. Whatever. Just right. something that's like. Let's introduce them. A simple way that's done quite a bit is, my name is you know, my name is Cindy, and I've been coming to this church for five years. Right. Like that's a, sort of a basic, OK, great. We know who she is, and she's becoming here. Other ways to do it are using a line from her interview where she okay. talks about her past, and then maybe like you see a shot of her just looking into the camera while you hear her voice, oh, and sure. you put her name, you know, next to her face. Okay. So you meet her name, you see what she looks like, and you're hearing her talk. That's a more creative way to do that. Sure. Another way is to do it is to use something she says that maybe even is the turning point or the inciting incident. Like you hear that first. Like like you hear her say, we tried for five years to get pregnant and we, we just couldn't. Right. Like maybe that's the first line you hear sure. while you're seeing her look sad or something. Right, right. And you see her name. It says Cindy's story. Sure, right. That's another way to do it. Yep. So there's, there's more creative ways other than just my name is and I'm blah, blah, blah. Yep. That's sort of the easy... Low light, low hanging fruit. To sure, pick. right. But if you think a little bit more creatively about it, you can even do a text screen that's on black that says, "You know, Cindy and Tom were married for five years and we're trying to get pregnant for five years, and got the news that it they will not be able to get pregnant." Right. In June, you know, and it's just a black screen with text, and but it, you just met the characters. Sure, right. And you just got updated, and then we drop into seeing them, and now you kind of know something about them before right. they start talking, right? Yeah, that's another way to do it too. But sure. just the, the principle of. Introducing the characters in a unique way or a creative way. Right.
0: And just not ignoring the fact that we need to know something. We need a context yes. for the story. To drop into the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of like an exposition.
1: It doesn't have to be long, you know. I mean right. these days videos are attention spans for videos are shorter and shorter. You know, yeah. and a lot of times too, churches are using videos in multiple purposes. Like they'll show it in the service, right? But then they on also the release website. it on Facebook and, or website. Right. So in a service, you have a captive audience who's going to watch the story because they have to. Right. right. And it'll be interesting because you're all watching it like a movie theater. the sure. So it's different. So all it's a shared experience. Right. But then when that video is being shared at home on Facebook or website, it's totally different. And right. And now you're, you're fighting the attention span that every other advertiser is uh, fighting, not that you're an advertiser, but if yeah, you yeah. want people to actually watch the story and be interested in it, it can't be like six minutes long unless right. it's super compelling or there's right. something you know awesome about it. So usually two and a half minutes or two minutes is a really good range to try to fit your stories into if sure. you can do it. Yep. Because people don't go much farther than two minutes. They'll even look at a video and see that it's six minutes and you probably do the same thing. You're on Facebook or on a website. Yeah. You see it six minutes, you're like, I don't got six minutes. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to do that.
0: You know what, <laughs> what I mean? So the only way I'm going to spend six minutes watching something is if I have it on in the background.
1: Yeah, right. And totally. it like
0: pulls me back in about minute four. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, I'll, I'll re-engage. <laughs> so that's something I think about too when you're telling your stories. I mean, if you can
1: get them into being shorter... then they serve multiple purposes better.
0: Which I think is so hard to do. I mean, it's that going back to that whole editing, you know, taking out the things that don't matter. I think especially as a, it's one thing if it's your own story to figure out what to cut out. But then even as you're the editor and the person who's been a part of the story, like being able to see it and say, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter. Like that's just so hard to do. Right. In that whole principle of, Keeping the great stuff and getting rid of the good stuff. Right. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's tough. And, and that's where like another set of eyes is very helpful, you right. know? If you're the only person shooting, editing, and approving it, right? That's not, that's not a great position to be in. You should at least have your wife look at it. Sure. You know what I mean? Or your pastor or somebody else that you trust to give you honest feedback. Be like, right. You know, what do you think? Is it boring? Is it too long? Anything you think we can cut? Anything feel weird? Right. Just to give another set of, which is kind of hard for video artists to yeah. get feedback that might be negative. Sure. But I found in my life that it's, it's made me way better. Right. And sometimes I don't like it. Like, I don't like that they told me that. Yeah. And then I make the change. And I'm like, ah, they were right. It's right. better now.
0: I mean, I think it's, it's uh, so easy to get attached to someone's story and little pieces of the story. Oh man, I love this part. Right. or I love so that line. So you're like fighting to keep it in. Totally. And somebody from the outside is like, I don't just don't get it. It's yep. not necessary or what. Oh, right. But it's so
1: good. Or or they said the same thing three different times, and every one of them was powerful. And you're like, I can't cut any of those. Right. But right. really, it was a, they said the same thing basically. So right. you only need one of
0: them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think that's such a great idea to get somebody else to look at it beside yourself. Yeah. Because I I also would get so into the. Like oh my god, this transition is oh it's perfect. You know I have got it to the you know exact right, right. location. Yeah, you lose and perspective the, yeah. when you're
1: in the tunnel. You totally yeah. lose perspective. You yeah. know what I mean. And so it's, somebody who hasn't seen is
0: amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, done. Got it. Check totally. <laughs> like, and then yeah. they're like, why'd you cross
1: dissolve? That's yeah. so 1985.
0: Well, yeah, or just the fact that well the the second clip is unnecessary. So who cares about the. Yeah, the, the dissolve. dissolve at all. Yeah, yeah just, just get, to remove it's that not, co- that whole thing's not working. Yeah. Totally. Who totally. cares about the dissolve? But yeah, I I found that like especially my wife, like I'll
1: show her like corporate videos or whatever. Right. Or story videos and she's just so blatantly honest with me about them <laughs> and and it's <laughs> Thanks, It's great. Honey. It's like a it's been a sort of a, an acquired taste to do that. <laughs> yeah. But it's just so it's it's sort of a you know, like coming like humbly with your work and saying Right. I know it's not perfect. So if you can help me out. And usually it's just like two things, but they're just so, they're so great, you know? Right. Like I've, I've deleted entire sections of a video because she's like, I I don't think that even makes sense. Like, like the first, the whole beginning, like with the beginning, middle and end. Right, right. I've deleted an entire beginning before. Okay. Because she's like, I just don't think that has anything to do with their story. And I was like, yeah, but okay, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Next principle. Just sort of a practical thing. I never do and this is just me, I never do an interview with just one camera. I've always got okay. a second camera angle. E- even if that second camera angle is a cut in on the one camera angle that I have. Sure, yeah. You know, so if I can shoot it in 4K and then jump into it right. and jump back out, meaning like, you know, zoom in and zoom out. Yeah. Because I want to be able to cut up their story. Like if they yeah, say have this long sentence right. and, I, you know, and I got to cut it up and I don't have anything else to cut to because it's just a sentence that I couldn't really show B-roll on. right. I just want to be able to cut around it, you know, and have that freedom. So I'm usually doing three angles when I'm doing uh, stories, but I, for me, the minimum is two, just because the kind of sort of run and gun stories that I make, I can't always have B-roll that fills the whole thing. Right. So I just got to be on them sometimes. And sometimes they're saying something very poignant or they're in, or they're very emotional about something. I don't want to cut away from them. I want to stay on them, but they had this huge butt-long pause, you know, because they were trying to gather themselves. <laughs> right, right. And I got to cut that out so I can right. just go from one angle to the other to do that, you know. Sure. That's a sim- sort of a simple basic thing, and I would highly recommend that. Or if you have one camera on there, you're choosing just one camera, do a 4K camera so you can, you can crop into yeah. it, and it. Even in HD, it's still, you haven't lost any quality by jumping in like halfway
0: into it. Right, right. Yeah, I think especially when you're working with people that aren't used to being in front of the camera and aren't professionals the chances that you're going to catch everything with one camera is almost zero. Right. And so to have the options to cut away to something else. Yeah, it's so helpful. Yeah. It's so helpful. Another, I'll give you another tip that
1: I do. In our improv group, which is Green Room, Green Room Improv, we have this game .com. we, play. <laughs> we
0: okay.
1: have this play. We have this game we play called Conducted Story where I'm sort of pointing at. Uh, they're telling a story. We're making up a story and I'm pointing at them. When I point at them, they can talk. When right. I don't point at them, they can't. And one of the things we've practiced with this game With telling a made-up story, is that there's a difference between moving a story forward, okay, like the plot moving forward, sure, and there's and then stopping the plot to embellish something, okay, or to paint the picture more, sure, right? So there's, I I went to breakfast today, and then I came home from breakfast, and then I went to the bathroom, and I walked downstairs to the basement, and I started working. So that's all just moving the plot forward, sure, right. right? Yep. If I add spots to stop and embellish or paint the picture, I can do that. And it, it paints a bit more. So I went to breakfast today at Papa G's, which is my favorite diner. And I have a server that is there that will bring my food. She knows my food order every time I don't ever have to order it. And as soon as we were done, I had to rush back because I was late for something. And so I rushed back home. I had to pee so bad because I had three iced teas at Papa G's. Whoa. And so and then I ran downstairs and I had to quickly, you know, email a contract that I that I've been waiting on doing before I sat down and was able to start working. So that's the same story. Right. But I just added some embellishments. Sure. You know what I mean? So there's there's sometimes if you're cutting too much or you're too aggressive of a cutter, you can just you're just moving the plot forward only. Right. And not stopping to smell the roses and paint the picture more. Sure. But then the opposite I find to be more of a problem where people stop Weaving too much. much. Yeah. You know, and they're and they're embellishing too much. Right. And they need to move the story forward more. You know what I mean? And so there's sort of this tricky balance between trying to figure out when to stop the story in order to embellish something or to draw something out. Right. And then realizing when, okay, now it's time to move the story
0: forward Sure, right. I had a roommate in college who would tell stories. He was from somewhere else. None of us were from his town. And so we had no context to his stories. But he would start saying, so we were standing on the corner of 1st and Main Street or was it second? <laughs> or maybe it was not even mainstream. You know, he would just get stuck there, and we would be like, "Yeah, what we happened? Don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. What doesn't happened? matter for a a say second? We, I was on a street. Yeah, right. Just move the story along. Okay, yeah. I don't care anymore. That's usually what would happen. Exactly. Like, I'm done totally. listening to your story. Totally. He's yeah, because to, he's yeah, he's trying to embellish too much, right? And none of right. us care. You'll get too Advance many the story. And yeah. there's
1: times where it's like, okay, this is obviously a time to stop and embellish right. or or paint the picture more, or you know, like like. When it's like the inciting incident happens or the, the thing that like the hammer drops. Right. That's a good time to stop. And like, how are you feeling at the time? Why right. was that such a big deal to you? Um, what did you do? Like, I don't even know what I would have done in that situation. Right. And have them just talk about it. Right. So it's okay the story's not moving because something dramatic just happened and we need to sit in that for a second. Right, right. And then move forward. So that's a good place to stop. But there's other places where it doesn't make sense to sit in that. We just just say it and then move on. Right, right. You know I mean?
0: And so as the interviewer or the person in charge of the the shoot, you're the one trying to figure out, okay, I'm getting too much information or I need to probe a little yeah, deeper. Yeah, and... for
1: me, it's not about it. That is more of an editing thing, like fi- oh, okay. figuring out where to cut the story and move it forward and, and embellish. But when I'm interviewing them, I will do plenty of embellishing sure, and stopping so I can get the whole picture. Right, right. And then I just cut some of that stuff out. Sure. Okay. Because I'd rather have options to use sure, yeah. from their story and then just cut it in the cutting room. Right. Rather than uh Wishing moving their story. More. Yeah, if I'm moving their story along too quickly in the interview, which is also I've seen happen before, where people are interviewing them and they're rushing through their story to get to the good part, quote unquote. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But what they missing, think is the good yeah, part. Yeah, what they yeah. have de- predetermined is <laughs> right. the good part. But there's there might be other good parts in there that you're skipping over because you're not you're not having them paint the whole picture for you as you go. So as as you're actually interviewing them, you want to get more info out of them about what they were feeling, what was going on at the time, that kind of stuff, because it gives you potential stuff to use. Right, right. And there just might be stuff behind the curtain you didn't know was there. Sure. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. One other tip would be, sometimes it makes sense to use text to fill in a gap of a story. Sure, right. Like if you get in a room and you're like, man, I wish I would have had them say this, or there's kind of a weird jump here. Or they said they filled in this gap and it was just long and convoluted and, and it's hard to really... You know, you can just go to black screen, put text up to sort of fill in that gap. Sure. And then get them to the next place. Right, okay. Or, or come into a story on, on text because their introduction of themselves was just boring or not, or it's the a more creative way to do it. So that's an easy lever to pull is to just throw right. some text in
0: to do what you want the story to do. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, thinking about, you know, what you need the story to do. Does every story you're trying to tell have a point that you're trying to make? Like, are you walking into an interview with a couple at your church and you know we need to get here.
1: Yeah, I yeah, and for me that is I need I need to know at what point you changed. Okay. What point did your heart change or your perspective change or you went from not not believing in church to 100% so like sure. That's cool that that happened.
0: Where did you change? Like sure. what was a point that where the switch flipped? So I guess even maybe one st- level above that, before you walk into the interview or the trying to tell the story, do you feel like you need to know at the end of this, what are we trying to accomplish? I think so, yeah. yeah regardless so. of what the exact story yeah, is. Yeah, you have a
1: goal. You have a main purpose for doing this video. There's a reason you're doing the story in the first place. Right. Right. Like if it's a baptism video, going back to that example. Right. You want to tell the story of heart change and how God got a hold of these people as a testament to, for other people to maybe follow as well, right. or, or just to say, look at this great thing that's happening in our church that God's doing. Sure, Right. right? So that's the point, that's sure. the purpose of it. So whatever, when the story's all finished, you do have to ask the question, did we accomplish that purpose? Right. Right. You know, did we hit the mark on that? Sure. And maybe it's just like, maybe just even having a note, like, here's why we're doing the video. Here's a purpose of the video. Right. And then be like, okay, do we hit that? Sure.
0: Yeah, because I think all that other stuff is really great and mining for the right story and editing out the, you know, the right things. But at the end of it, you you know, you've got the beginning, middle and end is the, the end is less attached to someone's exact story. I'm just making this up and more about the, why we're making the video in the first place. So right. We're getting people in the congregation or the viewing audience to and yeah, we're getting them to the. We're end We're bringing point. them. It's
1: a journey for them to land here. Right. Like for company videos, when I do that, it's usually, um, why is this company so great, or why is what makes right. them different than other companies, or why would you want to do business with them? Right. Or, or like,
0: we want everyone at the end of this video to go out and buy a box of fakie cereal yeah, with raisins. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I can't. You didn't think this. it could happen, but no, yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy though
1: that it happened. Um, yeah, but for for obviously for a search video, it's different, you know. And depending, like, because also like there's like donation videos, you know. Like if you do a right. video for like a, a fundraiser, that's a different kind of video sure. than it is for for a baptism or a church service, you know, even church service videos, sometimes it's about like, if it's a stewardship, you know, sure. like campaign you're doing or a stewardship series you're in or your sure. like, money, then the goal of it isn't necessarily about, you know, their salvation. Right. It, the goal is about their transformation of their financial life. Sure. Right. right? So that's right. what changed. And why did it change? What were they in? What happened, Right. you know, that that sort of rocked their world and then what journey did go on and then how they changed and then, and then the whole overarching point is, you know, you could avoid this pain if you have the certain principles sure. or, or whatever,
0: or maybe you're in the, their situation and, you know, you can move out of this as well. Right, right. I think this whole idea of storytelling and using video as a tool to do this, a lot of churches see other churches doing it and say, oh, we should make a video. And that's the only... That's as far as they've gotten with the idea. We should yeah. make a video. Yeah, that's a thing so, to do. Yeah, and so you jump into this making video thing without this, what is the point? Right. And so I think a lot of- Right, because uh, for them, the
1: point is just making a video. Yeah. Like doing so, something different, so which so is I not th- a
0: good That's It's a that's good, good enough reason, yeah. Right. And so as a tech person, that's maybe the one with the gear and the setting up and the like making of the video, it's really important to make sure before you get- in the room with all the stuff and the people why are we doing this what are we trying to accomplish because if it's just about hey we should we should make videos because x church makes videos and we should make a video and tell and here's a couple with a great story i think so much of i mean it's not just in church but in in a service there's a there's a reason to do every element that exists a song announcements Right. A video. Right. So what are we trying, where are we trying to take people? At the end of this video, what do we want to accomplish? Yep. And I think it's so easy to walk into stuff and say, well, we have the gear and we have this couple with a story, so let's do it.
1: Yep. Yeah, um, and, vid- and different videos have different purposes. Right. Different stories, there's different reasons to do them, depending on your series. Depending right. Depending on if it's baptism. That could change. Yeah. That could change. But I think you're right. I think being clear on what you're trying to do with video like, right. Why are we doing this? For what purpose? And then, and then making it for that purpose. Because the same story can be used for three different purposes. Right, right. You know, so being clear on your purpose. But is even
0: knowing what those three are versus we're just gonna, let's right. make us some video. Right. Uh, it's not enough of a reason. Like yeah. even like just taking the adoption video, for example, the
1: adoption video can be used for a fundraiser for an adoption agency. Right. Right. So tug at heartstrings and tell like, look at what's happening to these people. It can also be used in church for, for people to sign up to adopt or to right. start adopting. It can be used in that purpose. And it can also be used as a tool for people who are who are going through a hard time trying to get pregnant yeah. and to for them to con- give them hope. Right. it's a different purpose. So the way you end those stories or the way you tell those stories would probably change depending on which of those purposes you're trying to hit. Right, right. You
0: know? Yeah. Well, we should do this again. We should come up with another... Another topic to talk about. Yes. Yes. That has to do with fakies. <laughs> fakey. Let's do cereal. a fakie topic. Yeah. Uh, or not. Okay. Um, so <laughs> this has been great. I'm glad we got to the really interesting stuff finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, took a long time. I hope we
1: had people listen <laughs> past the beginning yeah, crap. Got, yeah.
0: At least if you made it to the third fakie reference, then you I think You know, you got, got some content. That's why. We try to hide the content behind... Stupid banter. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, for those of you who are signed up for Philo, you're going to get to see Dave again. Whoop, whoop. Yep. In a few months. If you're not coming to Philo, you should. Yes. Just if nothing else, to see Dave. Yes. Anyway, thanks for your time, Dave. Yeah, man. It's a pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Oh man, there's some really practical stuff here. I wish I knew most of these when I started doing video, it made things a lot easier. And you know what, it was fun being with Dave. I love to laugh and uh, Dave brings it out at me. So you never know what's gonna happen with Dave. Uh, We've had fun traveling together, as I said earlier. And yeah, he just uh, brings a lot of joy to my life. Thank you, Dave. He and I are getting ready to do a project uh, for Philo 2019, and it's coming up pretty soon. We can't really talk about it yet, but I cannot wait for all the crazy stories that are going to come from that experience. If you're really into storytelling or want to just hear more about this topic from Dave, he taught a breakout about it at Philo 2017. So go to the resource page on our website, philo.org and download it. And, you know, there's a lot more resources there, too, so download some of those, too. If you like our podcast, hey, why not subscribe on iTunes? We're also on Spotify now, so you could follow us there also. It's been so cool to see how the podcast has grown. We have about 16,000 downloads. Crazy. I don't know if that's good or bad. It seems like a big number to me, so... I'm just really excited that all this content is available to so many people so that it can be helpful and hopefully make us all more effective. On another note, later this week, our friends at SALT are getting ready to have a conference there in Nashville. They're in the final stages of preparing for their conference. It's happening October 10th through 12th. If you're not going, it's probably not too late to sign up. If you are going to be there, I'm going to be there with a few of the key people from the Philo team, Caleb, Aubrey, and Chelsea, and we'd love to connect. So yeah, reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. We'd love to connect while we're at SALT 2018. All right. We got a ton of stuff that is kind of right on the verge of getting ready to happen. We're right on the precipice of happenings but we're not quite ready to tell you right now uh, what those things are. So keep up with what's happening with Philo, the conference, the coaching, the all the things, the podcast, follow us on social media. So at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram and at Philo Conference on Twitter. So we'd love to get better. Email us feedback, ideas, whatever, Philo Podcast at fusion.productions. And I think that's it. So until next time, See ya.